Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, an ancient pilgrimage in Europe, culminating at Santiago de Compostela, a city in northwest Spain. Pilgrims walk to the cathedral in the center of the old town where the remains of Christ's apostle St. James are interred. There's an old saying, you need special shoes for hiking and a bit of a special soul as well. My guest this week is the German pilgrim, Stefan A. Pfeiffer, and I have followed Stefan's Caminos on social media for quite some time now. He's a man on a mission. Let's find out how and why. Welcome, pilgrim. Hey, hey. Good morning. It's great to, yeah, it's <laughs> great to talk to you. Where are you? Uh, I'm living, meanwhile, in uh, Finisterre at the end of the world in Galicia in Spain. And that's yeah. where I am, actually. Yeah, and you've based yourself there, haven't you? Yeah, I based myself there um, by this year. Because you reached a stage in your life. Now, we're going to talk about how and why you ended up where you are. You reached a stage in your life in 2010 where you really needed to step back. Oh, but yeah. you decided to you decided to step forward. So tell us about your caminos. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a long story maybe also long told but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's a good quote to to say I I couldn't step back but and so I stepped forward because it really turned out like this in 2010 in a complete burnout. Uh, let's start with uh, with the friend's betrayal of about a quarter of a million euros in the solar power industry with uh, financial stuff and everything. So I had a complete other life just eight years ago. Um, yeah, not that kind of charitable, not that kind of uh, thinking of others. And while others thought of their, themselves uh, disappreciating a half year's work on a contract for solar power in northeastern Germany, yeah, a friend took the contract and with that 250,000 euros of commission fee also. And with my last 500 euros, I went on to the, yeah, I, I went to the coast of, um, of, uh, of the near the North Sea in northern Germany, near Hamburg, uh, just thinking if I may drive with my car into the water or to the water. With 500 euros, I decided to go to the water and uh, drove down to southern France to Lourdes at first, and then to Saint-Jean-Pierre-Port, and there I started to walk with my last 300 euros then. And in Puente la Reina, I lost my last money, so I had no chance to go back or to go forth. But back I had been, so I went forth. So what? what how did you survive? Mm, how I survived them. I don't know, but I did. <laughs> the, point, the, the point is when you are at, at a very low point in your life, you have two possibilities to, to or two, two decision possibilities to take. The first possibility is um, suffer, suffering, giving up and losing yourself to, let's say, the street. 
and um, maybe even losing your life because uh, of suffering too deep. The other point was, um, how did I survive? As you are on the Camino, especially here in Spain on the French way, you're never alone. Especially in summertime, as I walk, there are so many people on the walk. You, it is even impossible to be alone in the term of being alone or on yourself as there are too much people around. So what happened here, the spirit of the pilgrimage and the pilgrims themselves caught me in a more or less free fall, in a mental free fall. So I could walk on and I walked with them. I walked in groups. I walked alone, but always surrounded by other people. And uh, it's a question like there is another um Another view of pilgrims, they, there is a speaking like uh, or a word like um, the Camino is giving you everything you need and taking you everything you don't need. So the Camino always uh, gave me what I needed. In that case, friends, other people, self-esteem, self-confidence, um, even in the worst times to suffer, there was always that sparkle of um of hope to to find what I need in the end. Do you remember where you first heard about the Camino? Uh, yeah, it had been years ago with an audio book of Paolo Coelho that ah, uh, called yes. On the Camino. The, the, the legendary Paolo Coelho book got me yeah. as an audio book in German. It's about one hour, one hour ten. Um, had been on a... Nah, let's say uh, one and a half hours on a double CD audio book. And it got me years before. And um, I just, um, in that case, in, in that moment of suffering, I just did one thing in my car as I had been there at the coast thinking about, will I go into the water? And I said to myself, come on, I have 500 euros. I have nothing to lose. So why not just putting now the audio book into, into the car, into the car's radio and listen to it. And I listened to that uh, spiritual pilgrimage with um, this dramatic um, story behind it uh, that Paulo Coelho invented also for it. So it's um, not only uh, the, 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 the self-experience of Paulo Coelho, it's a bit more because um, I really early found uh, that the book is also a bit fictional because uh, the point at the beginning where he, it took him seven days to leave that yeah. little point of the Pyrenees, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. There. I, I didn't find the waterfall. I was not capable to see anything of what Paulo Coelho saw there. But he made me to go there to find out myself and make myself some thoughts. So in some way, even the fictional part of that uh, Paolo Coelho audiobook, and that may save my life. Did you do the rituals along the way? <laughs> the rituals? Did you do, yeah, the rituals <laughs> in the pilgrimage. Did you do the um, rituals? You know, turning yourself into a tree and all uh, of those things? No, you remember maybe that uh, that point of the story where he had been in the pilgrim's office uh, with that old lady, and that old lady is Janine. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's over 80, and uh, she put him on a hat and a cloak and whatever turned him around three times. And I had the luck <laughs> and the fortune to talk in 2010 with Janine, as I also speak French. Janine could explain what happened. Nothing. 
It was just a fictional thing of uh, Paolo Coelho who wanted to put Janine into a book. Janine even didn't want that. She said, don't bring me in your even whatever story you may have in mind in the 80s. But he did. So he made some fussy, witchy woman of her. And Janine still, after more than 20 more than 30 years of yeah. uh, encountering Paolo Coelho is still upset with that man because of doing that she didn't want and just fictionally doing her some, uh, for something like a Camino witch. And uh, it was uh, it was very, very uh, awakening moment for me, but I had been there. So I walked on and tried to find, okay, where's the waterfall? I found a small waterfall there with fresh water to drink. I found the Roland's fountain, and in the end I found myself. So the point where I'm really thankful with Paolo Coelho is that he brought me with the fiction to a way and even to find out about a fiction, about maybe lies, about being upset of things given, things taken. So the Camino gave him the idea of really uh, a dramatic story um, of a man also surviving on a Camino. Yeah, it, it, had been, it had been also that kind of dramatic for me in the first instance. In the second instance, yeah. It was funny then to hear the audiobook after the Camino again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because now you've, you've walked it and you have a, your own understanding. So how right. far have you walked now? How many Caminos have you walked since that day? Since when that you, day, I'm all, since that day you were going to drive into the water or drive on. <laughs> yeah, I drove on to that first Camino, and after that, since the last eight years, I I made about twelve Caminos, and three of them uh, led me much further than just the Camino through Spain. Because um, in 2012, as I walked that walk of thankfulness again to see what I missed on my burnout walk. Um, I also found the, um, the influence and the impact of uh, privatizing water in Spain on pressure of e European Union politics. Yeah. And uh, it had been chlorided, and I said to myself that, that something is going wrong in the EU politically. And uh, water should be free to share with all life because um, the initial point had been in Leon in 2012 in July with 45 degrees centigrade in the shade without shade in the evening in the center of the city of Leon where pigeons wanted to, to drink of a fountain that stank 10 meters against the wind without wind of chloride and the birds had not been capable to drink that water. And I said to myself, it's completely wrong. If there are innocent, if there is innocent life like these birds in the city, not even having a point to get drink, just at people um, who have to buy with money plastic bottles with water without having the water, as jobless rate had been high that time, according to the euro crisis. So those birds died. Animals died, life died, and I said to myself, if that thing is going that wrong, I have to do something else about it. And so I started from North Cape in Norway to Spain, Fisterra, the year, the year, the following year, 2013, 
um, yeah, to walk about 7,000 kilometers for the fundamental right on water is a human's right. Collecting for a petition in the European Union, in Denmark, Germany, and Luxembourg signatures. And it's called Walk for Water. And it's yep. still your burning passion now, even though we're now five years later. So mm-hmm. where are you where are you now in your campaign campaign for water? <clears throat> Right now, I'm on a point as I walk this year, the second part of a long walk. I wanted to walk from North Cape to Cape Town in South Africa, beginning 2015. Uh, accidentally stopped by 13th of November 2015 uh, because of the terror attack in um, Paris and then two days later with Brussels <clears throat> by Islamic State and Islamists and um, two days before that even in Beirut in Lebanon um, I could walk on to Spain but not on to Cape Town as I got several calls of embassies asking me uh, to, to take a break at least where I could go to at the farthest point and it had been then Santiago again um, so this year, um, after two years of a break, I started in Finisterre, a second part of a walk that won't lead me now anymore to Cape Town because um, it brought me from here to Istanbul, to the east point of Europe. And from there, I went to Egypt to, to visit uh, Bedouin friends there, Bedouin family, a German uh, woman, a friend of mine is married with one of the Bedouins. And um, yeah, right now, this, uh, the point is, that I collected some money and also contacts for them to refurbish their pump and to, to pump the water for their agricultural needs. Um, as it's an old diesel with oil run engine that's really leaking oil and diesel into ground, they, they gained in 25 years from the Sahara, contaminating it with the oil. So, <clears throat> They are contaminating what they really worked hard for. And we are about to change that one to an uh, electric-powered engine uh, run by solar energy photovoltaics. You know, water is vital. Yeah. And we owe it to future generations to get it right. Yeah. So, and there is a kind of spirituality about water. Because in many respects, there is without water, there is no life. Right. So how do you combine the two? Are you a spiritual person? Uh, Let's say I have faith that there is a God above. Um, But the spirituality is um, something you just may live inside your own faith. Um, You may give it forward even as an idea to others. In that case, I may be spiritual, yeah, but um, the point is there is even no spirituality without water, as water is, um, is even the source of all information. You may yeah. inform water, according to Masaru, Professor Masaru Emoto, may he rest in peace. Um, you may inform water with love, but also with the negative impact um, as you, as you see, may observe many things after days um, where you put just the intention in. So everybody, if conscious or not, is living more or less spiritual, as even what science found that even the DNA may be changed 
uh, in term of matter according to the positive or the negative thoughts you have. So everything is spiritual as a spirit is changing everything to the positive or the negative. Even an atheist is spiritual because he has faith that there is no God, but he has faith. Yeah, you posted something on, on social media last week. You said, and I don't think you wrote it, but mm. it was very interesting what you, what you posted. A religious person will do what they say, no matter what is right, Mm. While a spiritual person will do the right thing, no matter what you say. Right. A religious person will do what they are told, regardless of what is right, while the spiritual person will do what is right, no matter what they are told. A right. religious person will do what you, you're said, no matter if it's right, whereas a spiritual person will do what's right, no matter what you're saying. Is that a kind of philosophy for Stefan Pfeiffer? That's a kind of philosophy, yeah, because um, uh, you find many people who pretend that they are believing in a God above. They are, they are believing in a word that's said, and that's said by priests, they are interpreting, interpreting a word. Instead of uh, living it, they are taking this uh, kind of spirit off a box, out of a book by the Sunday's Mass, and the rest of the week, they are living a life completely different to what they say, even in front of people by, the, by, by Sunday, by the end of the week. Other people, they don't um, attend a mass. They don't have that God taken out of the box just for an hour or two, singing at the end and uh, maybe have a Lord's Prayer on their lips and their mouth. But they are living it all week. They are living it as an example um, because uh, by heart they know what's right. You don't have to tell them. They learned it so somewhere on the way or in their life um, also according to their experiences. And that's also some kind of spirit. And as spiritual uh, is uh, the essence also of spirit, yeah, it's yeah, some kind right. of it's a, it's some kind of philosophy. It's um it's in addition to what I had about um seven months ago as I started here in Spain, my walk to Istanbul, I really had three months of hard rain, snow, storm, and everything else. And there is a, a quote of a German comedian from 1934, and he put it on the fascist regime, but you can also take it on the weather, because I'm happy as it rains, because if I'm not happy, it will rain anyway. And he said, I, he said with it as a, as a metaphoric, if I can't change a regime at the moment to the better or to the more human, even then I stay human. That's brilliant. That's outstanding. So tell me, Stefan, what do you love most about the Camino? What I love most about the Camino? Hmm. It's clean. It's purifying. No matter the circumstances where, where you are in, it's, pure, it's purifying yourself if you're open because the Camino is a walk and you may arrange everything in your head and your heart new as you walk. Uh, 
as you sit it's it's still sitting there is no no evolving sitting still or standing still there is no evolving there is nothing for for having in advance there is no meditation but as soon as you start to walk and let your thoughts flow and look at the horizon you may even according to bruce lee be water because you become the camino in a flow yourself your own camino and everybody has an own camino it's just the way you open for it what why yourself. do you think yeah yeah exactly it's a very personal thing but why do you think the camino enables souls to regenerate and you talked about water about cleansing and about purification water is a big a significant a significant parable in a way in what you you do so why do you think the camino enables souls to regenerate um, if you take the camino as a way and the word camino in the essence means way um it's purifying because um you're setting yourself free and it doesn't matter if you go through if you walk through spain or through norway or let's say australia to the ayers rock for example or to the to the sacred places of uh, Amer uh, us american indigenous people it's um because everybody who is on the walk is out to find a goal the goal for some people is the sanctuary like the cathedral in santiago the pope in rome or else um it's the walk that may change you because you are opening yourself to walk alone and to deal with your thoughts and um for some it takes longer for some um it takes shorter but uh, to take the camino now as the camino in spain um there is also a word saying you go the olaf's trail in norway in the north to find a slain king in trondheim you go to the east um to found to find uh the church that's built on him in jerusalem you go to the south to meet and greet the pope in rome and you go to the west to find yourself on the walk on the camino de santiago de compostela and if you are um capable to do that you even may walk on three days more to arrive in finisterre purifying and cleaning your feet in the ocean and coming home re uh, renewed and fresh um it's uh, the camino itself uh, in spain um people need to know maybe that it's uh, not only a catholic walk the camino in spain as we know it as the french way especially is used since 3000 years of man's history as in finisterre there is the monte pindo it's the highest sanctuary of the old celtic people of the old religion you, you just mentioned before uh Rome uh, tell us about meeting the pope the pope hmm yeah the pope is tell a, us about meeting pope. him yeah the yeah i met him two years ago the pope francis and um he's different to the other popes in the past because he's dealing <laughs> yeah he's really different he's the first one from outside europe 
And after the Polish and the German Pope, uh, there have been 500 years after the Borgia Pope, just Italian elected to be Pope. He's re uh, the first one coming from outside Europe. Even his roots are Italian and Spanish. But he's from outside Europe and he has... Um, as he's from Argentina, another point of view on the world, not that ego-centered like you have it just inside the Vatican, Italy, or Europe. And um, he's also dealing as an Argentine with uh, the destruction of nature, um, only and especially the people in the Amazon region of Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Argentina experienced the last 30, 40 years also for the resources of gold, of oil, and of especially also of water. So it's always leading back to water. The industry is in need of it. Um, people are in need of is in need of it. Nature is in need of it. And if you think of the water we may drink. The 100% resources of water we have on our planet, 99.97% is salt water or sweet water in rivers you can't drink. The drinking water is 0.03% of the water we have. And that's a a real smaller amount of it, and we need to restore it. So as for the industry, meanwhile, it's uh, of higher value than gold. It's clear that greedy people are fighting for it. Do you have a special place on the Camino, somewhere that is particularly special to you? Yeah. The White Sahara in southern Egypt. But that's not on the Camino. That's or is that on your Camino? <laughs> it wasn't my Camino. It wasn't my Camino. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't my Camino. Well, tell us about it. Tell us about um, that, the southern, yeah. the southern Sahara in Egypt. Tell us about that. The, the, the White Sahara in Egypt, um, I had the fortune to see it and to experience this year uh, under a clean Milky Way in the desert without sound, without noise, without voice, just light from the stars and complete silence. And uh, maybe you, you remember the, mo the, the movie of David Lean, Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence, yeah. T.H. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence had been one, once asked, um, why, wh what is it so special for you about... Uh, the Sahara, are you just uh, one of those crazy Europeans seeking for some, uh -huh. some, some fussy place where to be? Maybe, maybe you remember that scene in the beginning and uh, Lawrence is just uh, responding as it's from responsible. He's responding. What is about the Sahara that it's so attracting to you? And he just said, it's clean. And it's true. I have been there. Lawrence had been that kind of right because the Sahara is clean of all interference in the, in the light that's destroying the light of the stars. You see the Milky Way in a brightness, in a cleans, you don't see normally anywhere else in the world just on, on places special like this. So I know the Sahara. I don't know how it looks like, like in the Atacama in, the, in Chile. Um, that's that's the one point, and it's completely clean of si of noise because the sand 
is not that plain like you like you think about a mirror. The sand, it's called it's um it's grain and corn of sand, and uh, so it's taking all the noise. In the ground, and if there is some wind coming up with Bedouin somewhere near um, five, ten kilometers away, and you hear their drums as they are playing music, and there is a small light wind coming up, even that wind is carrying away this kind of noise, this kind of sound, and you can't even hear the wind because the sand is taking it. So it's clean in every aspect, and if you take the Quran. Um, you may wash yourself before entering a mosque with water three times that voodoo the Muslims are talking about and the Quran is talking about as an alternative as you, as you have no water you may wash yourself with the thought and with sand because it's as clean as water is let's talk about logistics how, mm-hmm. you, you walk you, you walk pretty much all year round now. How heavy is your pack? It depends on the walk. If I have a short walk like uh, across Spain, let's say it's about 12, 13 kilos, and about two or three kilos of this is uh, my camera. And uh, the rest, uh, yeah, the gear I take in winter, it's about two, three kilos more according to the colder weather. Um, as I'm on longer tours, longer trips, as I need, there are also different things like a tent, maybe to sleep in. It can yeah. be up. It can be up to 25 kilos. So, um, yeah, the training is on the walk. Um, the, the, it's always the first days where I'm suffering a bit, like on the Camino de Santiago, when you start in France and end in in Santiago de Compostela, the first seven, eight days, because of the mountains, are very physical there too. So for me, it's physical, no matter the landscape, um, as I have a, a heavier backpack because of longer trails. Because on longer trails, I can't take this 10% of, of um, body weight rule. I need to take more with me, even as I'm on longer um, um, stages. I even need things to eat for two or three days with me, and that's also weight. And where people are cheating themselves, they have clothes on their body, and the backpack itself also has some weight. So, um, if you take the ten percent rule, take the the interior of the backpack, your gear you have in the backpack, as the backpack you have to carry for the weight. The backpack for me is part of the body in that moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are, are you a spreadsheet pilgrim? Are you somebody who plans ahead or are you just go with the flow? Um, I planned ahead in the past. Meanwhile, um, it's like with being water. Um, there, 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 are two, there are also, again, two words. The one word, the one word is more or less a joke. Uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And the other one is a quote by John. <laughs> Le- and the other one is a quote by John Lennon. That's great. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Just say that again. If you want to make uh, God laugh, if you want to make God laugh, talk about your plans. <laughs> That's great. And the okay, other go one, on. And the other one is by John Lennon. Life is happening between the plans. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, and if you connect those two things now, yeah, um, talk about plans with God, make him laugh. Uh, yeah, he will give you the life between your plans. <laughs> and you really will laugh about that, how you, how you manage that. <laughs> so this is the difference be between wishful thinking and wishful speaking and getting your wishes granted. Sometimes you really need to be careful with that. And to go back to 2010, maybe, <laughs> there is one thing in Lord, I have been on the cross, on, on that crossway. Um, besides the sanctuary, there's a crossway with the 14 stations of Jesus from, um, yeah, being, being betrayed by, by Judas and uh, then going on with the cross and everything. And at the end, I just prayed to Mother Mary and, son, uh, and the Holy Bernadette, I will walk to Finisterre with or without money. Mm -hmm. Never do such a promise, believing in it. Because in Puente la Arena, I lost my money and they just proved me. Okay, you want to walk without money? Do it. Be careful what you pray for. Yeah, you be careful what you pray it. for. And yeah. be, careful, <laughs> be careful with your wishes because in, in the worst case, your wish and your prayer is coming true. I don't interview a lot of German pilgrims. Mm. I remember when I have walked, uh, they have a special kind of cream for their feet, the blisters. What is that? Ah, uh, uh, for the blisters, yeah, that, that so-called Hirschtag, um, that's, uh, that's, um, that's it. Oh, yeah, um, it's from, from the deer, you know, the horn of a deer or an elk. And, uh, you, the, the, this, this bony thing out of the head of, um, of a, of a deer, you know, of a male deer. And as that, and this is falling off every year that it's regrown, that it's regrown by nature. And that fallen off thing, yeah, you can take, it's like a bone and you make a cream of it. And it's gonna, it's it, the fat of it should be good against blisters. I don't know. I never used it. You know, um, there are, there are two possibilities to have cream and gel and everything to calm your feet and against the blisters or to help your feet with the blisters. Um, my advice against blisters is, um, if, as you're buying your shoes, your trail running shoes, your boots, and I even walk with Doc Martens without blisters. Look, if you have a 44, for your feet, take a 44 and a half. So make sure your thumb is fitting at the back of the foot in the shoe and uh, that there is enough space at the big toe of your foot in front of the shoe. Then you if you have enough space, normally you don't get a blister because your foot may be swollen inside the shoe. As long as you have enough space in the shoe, there will be no blister. And if food is swollen, your body is talking with you, stop for today, please. Take, take a bath of cold water to make it de-swollen, to calm your feet. And you have no blisters. That's my personal experience. I don't need that much cream. Cream is also just for the pharmaceutical industry. Why? <laughs> you, you know... Uh... One of the things that I loved most about um, the Camino is the international fellowship, mm -hmm. uh, arriving in a town and meeting people from Chile and Brazil and mm -hmm. from Italy and Denmark. And you've now pretty much been on the road 
mm. for the last eight years. Yeah, you three and a half years, really, more or less. Yeah, you must. Yeah, it must be a big part of your life. This yeah. international fellowship of the pilgrim. Yeah, it is, and um, um, I really got aware of it um, this year uh, by my birthday at the twenty ninth of September, as I got wishes from from several people, and I exclude now my family and uh, and near friends in Germany and even in Spain. There had been so many people I met on my walks. I even stopped to count the number of people, and about eight hundred of them. Um, are my contacts meanwhile on Facebook? So most of the people on Facebook, um, in opposite to many other Facebookers, I know personally, and even from that walks. And I got I got birthday wishes from about two hundred people from fifty countries, more or less, of all continents around the world, just meeting me some uh, meeting me somewhere on the walk or walking with me even partly. And that was the astonishing part where I found out about the impact of walking and talking with single persons. And if you now think about the number of countries walking the Camino Frances to get back to a spirit again, there must be a spirit on that walk that spread around the whole world. As I had been in Saint-Jean last year in the pilgrim's office, I just asked them, how many how many countries are meanwhile represented on the Camino de Santiago? And they said, oh, we can't say it right now for the year, but till October now, it had been people from 123 countries all over the world of all religion, all parts, all, all colors of skin, and all languages, more or less. Yeah. And when you... When you open yourself to the gift of pilgrimage, mm. that is a very simple existence. Yeah. When you leave behind all of the things at home that you don't need, mm. all of those things we convince ourselves that we do need, mm. and when we can, then you can talk to somebody. It doesn't matter if they're a doctor or a lawyer or a policeman or a. Or, it doesn't matter. They're a pilgrim. Right. Are the same as you, <clears throat> right? On the, on the pilgrimage, that's we a are beautiful the same. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we get we get up by six, seven in the morning, kicked butt by by the hospitalero in the albergue. Then, <laughs> uh, at least by seven in summer, getting our first cafe con leche by seven thirty in the first bar, we 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 find yeah. capable for our needs, <laughs> even with the, with the clean situation. Walk on, let's say, till one, two, three in the afternoon, finding a bed, get organized that we have a bed where we sleep in, eat in the evening. It's the easiest way of reorganize ourselves. And if we do that like 30 days in a row, according to science, it's inventing a habit. It's getting, to it's getting into flesh and blood. And no matter if you are a manager as you may be a manager, high, uh, a high rank in a corporation in the industry, or just a work, uh, a simple worker somewhere in a supermarket, you have your daily ritual with getting up, having a coffee, having a breakfast, having maybe a lunch, finding a bed, going to bed, getting up the next morning, walking on, go with the flow. And if you take that flow back home, if you even manage just to take a bit of the spirit with that flow back home, you will never be in that rat race 
as you had been in before. No matter if you're a manager, no matter if you're a worker in the supermarket, no matter if you're a dishwasher in a hotel, no matter if you had been jobless, afterwards, if you manage to do that, a jobless person does not need to be jobless anymore because invent your own Camino, take a veteran of a war, show him the spirit, get paid for it maybe by the state, no matter not the weather, you're never jobless again after being on a Camino. It's not easy letting go. Right. It's not easy to do that. But <clears throat> walking each day on the Camino kind of give you, gives you the energy and the freedom to do it. It gives you the space and time yeah, to be brave. And, and, yeah, the yeah. space and time. But as long as the Camino is... Uh, see, it, may see the necessity that you have not the ability to let go, then you go. But uh, in eight years, there are many things I could just not let go. Maybe it's not even necessary. Sometimes it's better to let go the need of let go, and then you really let go. If, if you could whisper something into your own ear just yeah. before... You reached burnout stage back in 2010. What would uh, it be? Never regret what happened before because you came here because of what happened before. If I just had, if, if, if you if would have told me this, let's say 10 years ago, I would have whispered into my ears, if it's 1990, don't stop at the red light to meet your future wife. Don't marry her. But now, without my future wife that time, and with my, without my two sons, without the way in my life, it took that about now 20 years from 1990 to 2010. Without all these things happening till then, I would not have been on the Camino and I won't be here. So I'm even thankful for the divorce. I am thankful for being betrayed by a quarter of a million, sorry, fucking euros because I don't need that money. Meanwhile, I have a life. And that's the, that's the pretty, big difference in the point before and now. So if I could whisper something into my, into my uh, past year before 2010, I would say, be grateful, you will do it. What would you say to somebody listening who is thinking of walking the Camino de Santiago? Just do it. And thank you, Nike, for the commission fee for that quote. <laughs> <laughs> just if do only. It. Just, yeah, yeah, just if do only it. Moving. Just do it. Uh, just yeah. do it. And maybe, maybe two, two, three things more. In many of the groups in Facebook, I read, I'm planning to do the Camino maybe in 2020, 2021, 2019 with this or that. And what the gear about, don't worry about the color of the backpack. Don't worry about what will be inside. Don't worry about when you will walk the Camino. Walk the Camino when you think it's time for it. As it's calling you, your heart will know it. If it's now, it's now. If it's in 2020, it's 2020. But don't plan the call for a Camino. If you think of doing the Camino, you are already called by the Camino. 
do it. Take yourself the time. There is no excuse like I have no time. Of course, everybody has the time. If you're in need of the time, it's just the self-convincing of that all other circumstances then are of no importance. Walk the walk. Yeah, and now Dante Alighieri, Divine Comedy. Walk your walk and let the people talk. It's of non-importance what others say. It's about the feeling in your heart. Take the Camino as it as what it is meant for a spiritual experience, and it's not planning a hike. If you want to plan a hike, walk the PCT in California from California to Canada, walk the Appalachian Trail, whatever. Walk a hike. If you want to do it as a Camino, don't plan it. Then start it. At that moment, you are called. The Camino is a path to something more. And I hope you find, Stefan, plenty more on your journey of discovery. Thank you so much for talking with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed our discussion. And I think you have much to say and much to teach. And I look forward to crossing paths with you again, perhaps even mm-hmm. on the Camino. I look forward to it. Yeah, maybe we could do one day a live um, interview with each other here in Finisterre. With a coffee now you're talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With a cafe con leche. <laughs> with a cafe con leche here in one of the, <laughs> one of the nice bars. Maybe even in the Agalaria with the with the books and that uh, yes. that library inside, and with Roberto, the, yes. the Galician author and stuff. Yeah, would would be some kind of nice with a view to the to the small harbor. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Buen camino, my friend, and thank you. Buen camino and good evening to Australia now. <laughs> as you get, I guess, 12, you're 12 hours, I guess, in advance to us here in Europe. Yeah. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. And, and take care. We will talk again. Thank you very much. Gracias. Wonderful talking to you, Dan. So see you soon. My guest this week, Stefan A. Pfeiffer, a German pilgrim walking to educate the world about the importance of water. You can follow his work at walkforwater2.eu. Walkforwater2.eu. There's an old saying, you need special shoes for hiking and a bit of a special soul as well. We're all special. Life is good. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.